Hey, everybody. We are uh, cutting in at the top here before the episode begins proper uh, to talk about some things. Uh, Last night, uh, unfortunately, uh, the news broke out that uh, Keith Giffen, who was a comic book artist and writer who had left quite a legendary mark, uh, particularly on DC Comics, as well as Marvel and others, uh, unfortunately passed away at at the age of 70 years old. Um, In... (laughs) And did you see the uh, the post he put yes. on social media in accordance with I'm, I'm pulling up the post right now. My Internet is being uh, a butthole right now because we're recording this over stream at the same time as I'm Googling it. Um, in accordance with Keith's wishes, though, his family posted on Facebook. I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks. Keith Giffen, 1952 to 2023. Wah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> Man, just res- like respect. Pour, pour one out for the homie. That was excellent. That was just excellent. I <laughs> And going with the way the tone of his Justice League series and a lot of the stuff he did makes total sense that that'd be his his thing. It a hundred percent does because because Keith Giffen, I mean, Keith Giffen caught some guff over the years. Uh, People didn't always like his writing. It was tended to be very lighthearted, very comical, uh, very just like here for fun first and everything else second. Yeah, that doesn't always work with everyone. I know you and I are fans of fun, so. You know, I'm not and and you know me well. I've said it before on here. If you can make me laugh, I'm already two thirds of the way on board. So, um, but Keith was the uh, creator of characters like Lobo and Rocket Raccoon over at Marvel. He was also one of the creators of Jaime Reyes, who we just saw on big screen as Blue Beetle. Um, He was also the person who decided to drop the words of America from Justice League of America called just justice league and it was uh through that that he also co-created uh justice league international and justice league europe uh which both ran for i mean and i could go on and on and on and on i i it's if you want to talk batman he uh he did a lot of work on batman legends of the dark knight which we're both fans of mm-hmm. he worked on batman black and white um he this man he worked on joker's asylum which was very good if you haven't read that he did some stuff for jla which i really like uh house of mystery i mean this guy's hand in dc and batman is 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 everywhere he had a very long involved career yeah he 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 did stuff for valiant back in the day he actually did looks like storyboards for cartoons i mean the dude is just he's just been around for a while and um yeah, yeah i was a huge fan of that justice league run um it, it is the run where the whole one punch situation between batman and guy gardner comes from um yeah you know creating lobo and lobo's all nonsense through the early 90s which i was the hugest lobo fan um Mm -hmm. so much so that i was i was just super excited when he showed up in young justice um but yeah this guy's like he's just one of those guys that like i think everything a lot of what i was reading in the late 80s and early 90s he had his hand in and it was amazing his work it's 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 curious to see in way in the ways that his work has influenced things because like to flip to the marvel side of things uh you know keith wrote uh the first four issues of drax the destroyer in 2005 and this is again this is pre-mcu pre-guardians of the galaxy this is before drax was in the guardians of the galaxy drax the destroyer didn't join the guardians of the galaxy in the comics until 2008 yeah and his keith's version of drax is kind of like tonally is what we get in the mcu that's what dave batiste is doing dave batiste is doing keith's version of drax expertly i might add uh flawlessly i dare say (laughs) but uh but it's it's but again we we just talked about we just talked about my adventures with superman and how if there's one thing we want to see back in season two, it's that show's version of Lobo. Yes. Because when you talk Superman villains, you usually, 
are talking about Lex Luthor nine times out of ten. Maybe, maybe General Zod. Maybe Brainiac. But there's one that everybody agrees rocks harder than it rightfully should. It's Lobo, and Lobo doesn't exist without Keith, because Lobo is awesome. Yes. <laughs> Lobo is that perfect combination of humor and drama and grit, and it's... I. I don't think I've ever actually experienced a bad take on Lobo, if I'm being honest. We haven't had many takes on Lobo, but I don't think I've ever seen a bad one. No, I mean, he was in Superman, the animated series, a couple times, and he was great. Did you ever read the uh, companion comics to that show? No, I never read any of the comics to the shows. You never read any of the companion comics for, like, the animated series? First of all, not bad, I will say. There's a, but there's an issue of the Superman one that lives rent free in my head because it's about Lobo and it's got some of the funniest jokes I've ever seen in a DC comic ever in my life. They still make me laugh to this day and they're all from Lobo and I will tell you them when we're not recording because I don't want to take up too much time here. But uh, yeah, Keith, Keith had a very interesting way of writing. Like I said, it was very funny. It was very fun. It was very silly at times and, and sometimes maybe not when it needed to be he did have a tendency to like i said he was it was about the bit first and as a comedian i appreciate the commitment to the bit uh as a comic book reader and, and appreciator yeah there were some times where it's like okay, okay keith all right bud uh, <laughs> all right all right okay move on you're fun yes you're very funny uh but uh but but obviously, and as we see in, in the way in the Facebook post that his family made, I mean, obviously he he was like that was him. That wasn't a bit. That was who he was, and he was like that literally until after he died. Uh, he still got the last laugh in, which I just I love and appreciate. And it's a rare thing, but yeah, I prolific well, writer. I when, I, when I die, that's going to be in my will. Is like here's a funny joke posted on social media. <clears throat> Well, five days later scare the shit out of people make them think i've been hacked yeah. well when i die you do that thing with the black trench coat and the umbrella at my funeral can you do that for me oh a thousand percent <laughs> a thousand percent <laughs> when, I, when i die i want it to be when i die i want my funeral to be hilarious uh, i want people to leave my i want people to leave my funeral crying from laughter i want to be roasted in the grave i want to be <laughs> I want I want to I want comedians to do a roast of me like I want I want it like like werewolf by night I want I still haven't watched yet in October I need to watch before Halloween um, I want them to prop my my coffin up on the stage half open animatronic my ass and then have everybody roast me and then I'll record my own roast and you can play it back through a through our old record like an animatronic like 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 Disney's house a hall of presidents but it's dead comics roasting each other let's do it I, anyway i'm down we'll have fun with so, that we're so off track and i'm leaving all this in um but that's what keith given would have wanted he wanted he would have wanted us to, to to laugh and have fun exactly. so so keith thank you so much sir for all the years of of fun comic book writing and some truly you know we, we didn't talk much about rocket raccoon on here but like guardians of the galaxy 3 has come and gone at this point and and rocket all i need to say is rocket raccoon that doesn't happen without keith giffen so thank you keith for giving us a character that james gunn could make us fall in love with across three flawless movies uh thank you for lobo one of the most interesting superman villains ever thank you for helping create jaime reyes who finally had his big screen debut this year um thank you for thank you for everything even the stuff that we didn't love thank you 100 <laughs> percent all right, so we're gonna roll from from this less than happy news. Uh, uh, Matt Matt Hasso has a fun announcement for everybody uh, that he'd like to tell you guys about. I'm gonna let him take it over because this is this is his thing. This is nothing mine. So Matt, t tell the people what you got going on. Okay, in the previous episodes over the last year, we've moderately discussed that I am a freelance writer for comic books, and one of the companies that I've done a lot of work for, Grok Universe Comics finally I'm getting an entire issue to myself. <laughs> I've had a couple issues in the, of these comics where I've done like a two pager or a three pager, but this is the first project that is pretty much all me. It is a character called black Cobra. He is a, uh, you know, 
I think I mentioned before, this is a Christian superhero comic universe. It's not over the top full of scripture, mainly because I don't know how to do that. But it's action adventure. It's a guy who's dealing with PTSD from being captured by the villains before and being tortured. So it's kind of a couple different adventures of him. Uh, his first confrontation with kind of a rival named Jaguar Lynx. A story that's kind of where that guy goes. Another story of him helping another character with PTSD. And then there's an extended thing, if you go that far into you know following the campaign, that is written by another guy named Patrick. But this has not started yet. The campaign itself will start on October 25th. But due to algorithms and Kickstarter and all that kind of stuff, getting people to follow it is always helpful. So if you go to my Twitter, there's links there or to my Facebook. But it's basically Black Cobra number one on Kickstarter. Just we'll put go a link there. to it in the description of this episode as well, guys. So you can scroll down and 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 click the link, and it'll take you there. And all I'm asking you guys to do: go click the follow or click the remind me when this happens. If you can support it, great. If you can't, great. If this doesn't go in line in line with what you believe, totally understandable. If you just like me and want to follow me, no matter what I do, I love it. However, you guys can support. It costs zero to log into Kickstarter and go remind me when this starts and that's all i'm asking you guys to do so but i'm excited it's a cool book lots of cool martial arts action because you know me as a writer and the character himself is is kind of cool like i said never had to do the ptsd thing but it's been interesting to kind of play with that and then mix some of the christian stuff in there cool man that's cool look i i worked on a book for a number of years that that's never going to see the light of day so like and 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 anyone who's ever done independent comic book publishing in any in any regard knows how hard it is to even get this far. So like, kudos to you guys for for getting here. And and yeah, if you guys if you guys I guess like we always say like look if you're ever looking for ways to support independent art that doesn't cost you anything, it costs zero dollars to like and share. <laughs> it yeah. costs zero dollars to subscribe. Uh, so if you can just do that, like I said, there's a link down in the description for this that you can go, that you can go right to it, um, or go check out Matt's Twitter, uh, at Mr. J Ninja and check it out there because it costs zero dollars. And, 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 but again, like if it's not your thing, it's not my thing. Like guys, I, I'm a staunch atheist. Guess what? It's fine. Not a big deal. On the flip side, if you buy a book and you want to send it to me, I'll sign it for you and I'll send it back. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You can you can just there. That's where you're going to put the Bible scriptures. We're going to be like, yeah, th- thank you for thank you for buying Matt Hasso, John three sixteen. Wait, no, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. No. Anyway, uh... <laughs> it'll say Bruce Wayne three sixteen. <laughs> Criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot. Oh, it's my it's it's one of the worst quotes ever, but I love it every time I hear it. Um, so guys, uh, go check out black Cobra, uh, for Matt, see what you guys think. Uh, with that being said, thank you for uh, indulging us as we, as we delay getting to the actual show, uh, in the meantime, so please now sit down, relax. If you, if you haven't skipped ahead, maybe you've skipped ahead and if you, but if you're still listening at this point, um, um, thank you, (laughs) but, and now, uh, please, uh, sit back and enjoy uh, our discussion of the Batman versus Dracula. Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are the Batman. I'm Mike. And this is Matthew. And we are back here for a spooky season on We Are the Batman. We are getting into another uh, spooky, creepy, horror, Halloween, whatever have you themed episode of the show as we take a look back at the animated uh, straight-to-the-video movie from 2005, The Batman vs. Dracula, based on the animated series The Batman, which was airing on Kids WB at the time. I believe this falls between the first and second season. Uh, yeah, maybe. Because the, the show starts in 2005. Does it? I thought it started in 2003. Was it 03? I think it's 03, but I, I, I've i got most of this picked up. So let me let double me, check here. Uh, no, it uh, it first aired on <laughs> it first aired on Kids WB on September 11th, 2004. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, what a day. 
yeah. but yeah, so so this was this was right after the first season ended. So yeah. So, so if you really two. think about what it takes to produce something, they probably started making this at the same time as the first season. They had to have. There's no way they didn't, especially back then. Yeah. Which this also was, makes they were sense. Probably, that was, no, okay, good. No, it, was, it makes sense because like there is none of the supporting cast from the regular season in this, in nope. this thing. None of them. Batgirl's not in it. Uh, Gordon hadn't been introduced yet. Robin hadn't been introduced yet. Um, none of the cops are in it. Uh, I mean, they introduced Vicki Vale, who I think at this point hadn't shown up on the show yet. I think this was her introduction into the I into this say world she as was, well. This is the only time she's there. <laughs> I think you're correct. I think I think you're absolutely right. Honestly, um, and they don't introduce any new villains other than Dracula himself. So, um, yeah, it makes sense that the. the, the I almost feel like because the Batman fighting Dracula in comics had already happened long before this ever yes. came around. Um, and so and so it is treated as a kind of loose adaptation. And I and I and I, I say the word adaptation with a, with a big grain of salt uh, on that comic um, It's an adaptation in name only, really. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it, this almost this almost feels like a pitch for the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it feels like it feels like something they would use as like a here's kind of what we're going for with the show. If you don't want to make the show, could we maybe just make this movie and then they made the show and save this to kind of like carry them in between the end of season one and the beginning of season two? Well, and it, the weird thing is what I realized the other day when I was doing research on this is that this came out as a direct to DVD release. Yes at the same time as Batman Begins. Yes. So it's like one of those like, hey, we have this show going. Let's make a direct DVD and see yeah. if we can get, you know, jump on that bandwagon. And well, and this wasn't the first time they'd done that either. They they released Batman Sub-Zero. Mr. Free Sub-Zero the same time as Batman and Robin because yeah. they were like, yeah, it's enough of a cross. Now, does the Batman versus Dracula has nothing to do with Batman Begins whatsoever, but Correct. But yeah, it, it tracks that they were that they were like, fuck it, we're all in on Batman right now. Let's just let's just do the thing. Um, because this is also when Teen Titans is on the air. Correct. And and we've talked we've talked about this in the past on this show, and we talked about it a little bit this morning, but it's until Robin gets introduced on the Batman, you could almost set this up as a spinoff of Teen Titans, both in the animation style, in the music style, and just kind of the the writing because it's a lot of the same team i think it probably is i mean i think the big thing for me with this show is it has the same problem dark knight rises does its predecessor is so outstanding like nobody talks about this show you know what I no mean? they really don't because because prior to this we had had batman beyond and prior to that was the bruce tim 90s batman yeah so this is completely and also because the character design is clearly so similar to the 90s design on purpose. Like that's that's a choice to pull in, try and pull in viewers. Yeah. And they because Jeff Matsuda was an artist that I liked. He was with under Rob Liefeld for a while on image. He did a couple things and he's the designer of this whole thing as far as like the, the way it looks. So it's I like it, but I think that. The, the 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 cool thing in my opinion they did with the show which is part of what i think kind of held back on the show the first two seasons is they did everything they did they could do to make this an original batman show so there's no yeah. gordon no robin no batgirl like most of the villains don't look the same they're you know the joker isn't like his arch nemesis a lot of them have also like they've they've taken their origins back to like their og comic book origins because yeah. because uh, ultimately i will say my, my biggest problem with the show as a whole is i do not like their take on mr freeze at all yeah but that's also a call back to kind of the original pit because mr freeze was a, a c-list character in his origin with nine different origins and so they went back to one of those and i was like i appreciate the respect to the old but again it's like the one that came before you like you said earlier already did this better what, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And I think unlike the Batman animated series and even kind of Batman beyond, this is a Saturday morning cartoon 
because I think a lot of people forget like the original Batman animated series, it came on, it originally came on at night and then it came on in the afternoon. It was syndicated. So it was supposed to be darker and more for like a teenager, but this is definitely more kid oriented, which I think is fine. It's perfect for what it is. And I, dude, I love the design. I have like three or four of the toys. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Like it's, um, it, it's kind of the last breath of the Saturday morning cartoon because that's not really a thing anymore, especially with streaming. And this was kind of just it just they weren't pull, Saturday morning cartoons weren't pulling the ratings like they used to, especially, you know, with at this point, Cartoon Network is in its prime and it's after the first season of the show that it moves to Cartoon Network. Um, it moves to Cartoon Network for season two going forward because there was just the more the audience was there. So they moved it off Kids WB. So it stopped being a Saturday morning cartoon because those just weren't a thing anymore after this. And there's a certain style of writing that you can see in those old Saturday morning cartoons because this is from the same team that brought us Jackie Chan Adventures, which one of the best Saturday morning cartoons of all time. I will die on that sword. Uh, yes. But uh, the Batman is kind of the last hurrah of that because it is a show that is made to sell toys. It is one of the most gadget heavy takes on Batman. It's one of the most tech heavy takes on Batman. Um, and it's one of the, it's one of, it's not very character story driven. That is to say, with the exception of the Batman versus Dracula, because I think this movie kind of slaps. Yeah. Considering that the, the series itself is a kid's more kid oriented cartoon. There's a couple moments in this show that are like really like hit hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, people die in the first few minutes of this movie, like gruesomely, painfully, like it's not pleasant. I remember seeing this because I was already like off and on with the show when this was on in 2005. I'm, I'm 2005. I'm a freshman, sophomore in high school. Like I really don't care about cartoons right now. So this show, this, I remember seeing this movie on when it first aired on kids WB was where they originally aired it. Um, and I just remember thinking like, oh, this is dark. Are, are we, are we, are we sure this is from the same show? This is dark. Yeah. I, Cause the thing I remember about this show kind of leading into the, what you talk about with the going away with Saturday morning cartoons is that this is when DVR becomes big. So what I was doing is I would DVR the show. And then because of my work, I was only off like Wednesdays and Thursdays. So I would wait for to have my kid on that on my days off and we would watch it then. So yeah. I don't know if I ever watched this show live. I always just DVR it and watch it another time. Um, but I remember wow. what's it? I remember um, when I first moved here and my wife and I were dating and my stepdaughter was like four or five at the time. And I, I had bought her the DVDs to watch cause she really liked the justice league cartoon sent her This I had sent her the uh, season three that had Batgirl. I was like, Hey, let's watch this. And like halfway through the show, my wife's like, what is this? It's <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't remember it being this, this hard. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it, yeah, the movie, the movie is, I, that's why, that's why the movie I think feels more like the pitch for the show. And then the show itself is th think of it and, 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 and don't, don't, don't turn off the podcast. When I say this, think of it like politics. Okay. <laughs> when a bill gets introduced to be turned into a law, it gets, goes through a lot of changes and changes and changes. And then the final product is what you get out of those changes. Same with, same with the movie movie. It's like, here's the script studio, 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 studio. Here's the final movie. The Batman versus Dracula feels like the pitch for the show. And then studio, 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 studio. Here's the show we end up getting. Cause the show feels like a watered down version of what the movie's trying to be. Cause if the show had been the, had been as, well put together as this movie is i'd have watched more than the first five week the first five episodes of the show because i bailed after five episodes into season one and i didn't watch it again until i until i um um watched it elsewhere many years later yeah and i think also like um what's it called because i think 
knowing when they finally make it or when they cont- release it, it's direct to DVD first. Yeah. So maybe they're thinking they're going to push the edge a little because yeah, like, I mean, they, by altering the colors of some of the scenes, cause you don't ever see real blood. No, it's except for it, when the as, penguin. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It, they like, make it as close to black as they can to avoid, uh, and 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 you, it's kind of similar to what they did with Return of Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, where I want to watch because I, I I watched it when it aired on TV. I don't remember what it was like when it aired on TV. I've only ever watched it since on like Max. So like I'm wondering if kind of how they did with Return of the Joker, if they cleaned it up for TV. And then the DVD is more of a, or the streaming version is more of a hard hitting version. Cause with Return of the Joker, you know, they cut out the stuff with like, they changed how Joker died and they changed how certain scenes took place because they were like, ah, we can't show that on Saturday morning TV. Uh, so I, I wonder if something similar happened with the Batman versus Dracula. I don't think so because looking at here, it was released on DVD on t- October 18th of 2005 and then it, it debuts on Cartoon Network the twenty second, like five days later. So, right, but I'm saying, what if they what if they just did what broadcast TV usually does and just did like a syndicated TV version that was just a little bit cleaned up since they had to cut it for time anyway to to make it fit within broadcast standards. I guess we're gonna have to buy the DVD and find out. <laughs> anyway, um, well, let's look. We've talked a lot about the show, and I think it's because this is the only opportunity we're ever really going to have to talk about this show. Because again, we like it fine, but not enough to like dedicate a whole episode of the show to it. Maybe one day if you guys ask for it enough, but as of right now, it's not on our to do list. Um, but let's talk about this movie, The Batman versus Dracula. Because here's the thing like, like, I like this movie so much, it's part of my regular annual. 31 days of October spooky movie rotation. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I watched it. I forgot most of it. Yeah. But I think again, you know, I mentioned to you on the phone and this is almost made me disown my children is like, some of them are just out on the superhero thing. You have failed as a parent, sir. Uh, I don't like them anyway. But, but, Look, I got my son to dress up as Robin when I was cosplaying Batman. Peak done. <clears throat> That's fair. That's fair. But no, I think like what I really liked about this, uh, including the show, is like the big thing for me, I think, with the Batman is I love the design of this of this whole show. And I think that affords me um is that the right way to say that like i give it a lot of leeway because i just love the way it looks but no that's that's totally fair that is because for like 99 percent of the designs on this show are spectacular there's a couple there's a couple where i'm like "Mm, that needed a draft too uh looking at looking at mr freeze and catwoman specifically those are the two in this show where i'm like "Mm, uh back to square one guys uh but like I love the take on the Riddler. I I love the take on the Joker. I know that's kind of a a, a, a hard line for some people is is this version of the Joker, but and, and and he plays a big part in the movie. So let's let's talk a little bit about this design of the Joker. How do you feel about it? I love this design. I love. I think the big thing this show did for me, and I've mentioned it several times, is like I always feel like the the problem with Batman is once he solves all the riddles and gets to physically be in front of his villain, they stand no chance, you know? So for this, they up the ante and all the villains and they all become like crazy anime manga martial artists and making Joker this weird, like Rastafarian Capoeira guy. Yes. (laughs) It's just chef's kiss. And and I don't think he gets enough credit, but Kevin Michael Richardson's voice for the Joker on this show is so unique and so fun. I love 
as a comedian, one of my favorite comedy tropes that happens in voice acting, especially is when someone hard transitions mid sentence from a high pitched voice to a low pitched voice or vice versa. And Kevin Michael Richardson is such a black belt at doing that when it comes to voice acting, especially for how he uses it with this Joker. It is so entertaining, and I don't think Kevin gets enough credit for his take on the Joker. Uh, I'm 100% there. And, you know, yeah, I love the Joker in this. I almost wish he was the arch nemesis that he usually is in these shows, but because they had made the decision for him to not have an arch nemesis, it was all cases. Like, I think the Joker's in the show maybe in a five-year season or five seasons. He's maybe in it 10 or 12 times. <laughs> and 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 often not as the main thing. Like, like he's, he's such a supporting character. Um, it almost makes the introduction of Harley Quinn in this show feel cheap uh, when they eventually get around to doing that in, like, season three, I think it is. Um, and it's also just kind of a weird it's, – it's, it's another design that didn't work as well. Um, but yeah, this take on Joker, you know, this take on Penguin, I really like this take on Riddler, especially with Robert England, uh, voicing him. Um, yeah. And, and how that, and, and, you know, let's, that also gets us into the man himself, Rena, uh, Rena Romano as, as the Batman. How do you feel about Rena Romano's Batman? I think he's perfect for this Batman that at the beginning of the show is still in his mid twenties. I think it's a good answer as the show gets along and you get like, I don't buy him as the Batman who interacts with the justice league and is the smartest guy in the room, but I buy him as the mentor in his mid twenties, who's learning how to be Batman. And I think that's the only time for me, the show, like I don't particularly care for the justice league fifth season of this, where he's interacting. I don't think this, we haven't seen this version of Batman get there. So it's weird because all of a sudden he jumps like 10 levels to being the smartest guy in the room. But at the same time, it's a cartoon and everything was available for them to start doing that because, you know, at this, once you get three or four seasons of the Batman show, if you don't have Robin, the next thing you want is for you, him to be with all the other heroes. Well, and especially because there, for those who don't know, and I don't, and I don't think this is still a thing, but at the time, uh, Warner Brothers was in a really weird position when it came to how they handled their DC properties, um, especially because, like, you know, Marvel was working on getting all their stuff back under one umbrella, and this is pre, this is pre Disney, obviously. Um, there was a, but at the time, there was this outstanding. Uh, contractual rule uh, policy that Warner Brothers and he had with DC, which is that no, because because they were they there was no DC studio, so they were just shopping out DC content wherever they could get it. So you yeah. would see you would see DC stuff on Warner Brothers Cartoon Network, but you'd also see it on Fox, or you'd see it here, you'd see it there, like it was everywhere. Everyone had a piece of it, and so the way DC got and Warner Brothers got around like like eating themselves that way was that no two properties based on a bat based on batman could feature the same characters so if one care so if one show had this character first no one else could use it until that first show stopped using it that's why robin doesn't show up on the batman until season three because they were because they're like he can't appear there until teen titans is done same yeah. thing with a lot of the villains too. Like there were villains they didn't introduce on this show until they had been removed from other shows. It was it was a big problem they had that was born from a place of self-preservation, but ultimately kind of it it just it just made all their stuff suffer a little bit because they were pulling themselves too thin. Oh, don't even get me started on the fact that Spider-Man doesn't appear in any other Marvel cartoon but his own until 2013. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that's a whole other conversation. Um but to get back into the Batman versus Dracula, um this movie was one of at the time the few times in my life I had seen death 
in animation. Yeah. Like I had seen Detective Turpin get offed in Superman the Animated Series, which still to this day has left me shook. I can't believe they did that. Um, there was this. And then outside of things like South Park, I don't think I had seen death happen in a cartoon, especially not a television Saturday morning cartoon. So their decision to like do the thing with this was, I mean, was really impressive. And that there's a little bit of dialogue that kind of makes it okay <laughs> in that they say he's not killing them he's turning them into vampires which is they why are very careful with the language they use because they're like well, there's a there are certain things we just can't work around yeah it's like it's like deadpool saying he has to unalive somebody because he can't which is still one of the best one of the best jokes ever put into a superhero cartoon ever yeah like, you unalive them you mean you can i, I, I don't say the k word <laughs> Well, and, and there's some workarounds with that too in this show because, like, the thing with the thing with blood is that, and I, I I can say this as somebody who has who has worked in broadcasting and broadcast television for over a decade is that the way you work around blood is a the color. Mm-hmm. It can't be too. It can't be. It has. To, it has to, oh, that's why a lot of times when you see like movies like The Patriot get get re-aired on like tbs every year like they always do uh, they make it look like he's covered in mud no he's covered in blood in the actual movie um and in, so in this they make the blood as close to black as they can you never see the blood actually coming out of a person correct and you that's never see dracula of, sorry no yes yeah, so when he's at like the blood bank it's like yeah these are just bags of blood that's all you need to know you don't see them come out of a person and also when he's in the blood bank like the lights are off you can't see anything it's it's that's how it's like yeah it's still fucked up and dark but that's how they work around it to where they can at least get a because somebody like how do they get away with it this is how they get away with it yeah i i I would love for somebody to go back to that scene of batman and joker fighting in that blood bank bank and actually colorize it and that scene's gonna get really dark and gross really fast oh man i'm just picturing it in my head right now and it's honestly making me kind of uncomfortable and that's hard to do but it's a lot of blood well like when he feeds him yeah pours blood out on the floor and joker licks it up like a like an animal there's you gotta look props for the swing i mean that is good for them for taking a chance it's chances like that you kind of wish they could have gotten away with on the actual show you know this being a directed dvd release again kind of like return of the joker lets them get away with more which is why again i think they probably cut some stuff when it went to actual air on saturday morning but we'll never know because i'm not going to go back and rewatch that no i i think leaning into that even more is like they make dracula pretty scary like for a kid's cartoon oh he's terrifying like yeah you have those moments where he'll just completely revert to being like full-on vampire and it's like holy mackerel like you're not pulling back nothing on this no even even the 90s spider-man cartoon just had michael morbius uh you know touching people with suction cups on his hands like a squid and and that was how they took so even even back then the the gritty dark uh uh spider-man cartoon that was you know i mean which 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 is what it was even they were like no we're not touching vampires that way he's biting people he is turning them into vampires not killing them any anyway yeah and and even the like this is one of those weird things in my mind of like they pulled out the stops like dracula looks scary as crap and then they got Peter Stormare to voice him. How did he go from being Constantine Devil to Dracula? I think it's the same. When does <laughs> when did Constantine come out? Like Peter Stormare is a big name at this time. So Constantine actually doesn't come out until later this year. So he, 
you know, in this, in a period of the same year, he does the Batman versus Dracula as Dracula. He does Constantine as Lucifer. And he's also in the brothers Grimm as well, which I totally forgot about that movie. Cause that movie is terrible. Um, yes. but yeah, he it's, it's in this little straight. Yeah. He does both of these in the same, but again, also as I've kind of alluded to, cause there's not a lot of information available on the Batman versus Dracula. And I have looked, I'm, I'm still kind of sticking to my guns of like, I think it was made as a partial pitch for the show. So I'm wondering what the, what, what that overlap is, but you're right. When you think about the fact that in the same year you get him as a truly, truly unsettling Dracula uh, take. And then also one of the sleeper hit DC movie villains as the devil in Constantine, where he's got about, three minutes of screen time and he steals the whole damn movie. So getting him just, it, it adds a, some legitimacy and some, uh, some, some, some weight to the performance in this movie. I mean, at the same time, depending on how far along they are in the process, it could have just been an afternoon of work for him. <laughs> oh, 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 as someone who's done voice work, he did this in a day. Now, I think he rehearsed and prepared the crap out of it, but he recorded this in a day. <laughs> it's it's an hour long uh it's it's a, it's an hour long animated movie uh, in which he's the the supporting villain. He's uh, supporting supporting lead. He he recorded this in a day. But um it like he just he brings the A game. I mean, he takes this so seriously, but also has so much fun with it that it's just delightful. Yeah, because sometimes you can't you can't tell it's him. It's like every so often I'm like, oh yeah, there he is. But he does have like, he puts on the accent, he puts on the thing and it's fantastic. He does what any good voice actor or any actor in general worth their salt does is he creates the character. He doesn't just, he doesn't just do an inflection and read off the script. It's like, no, he's created a character in his mind. He knows who this Dracula is supposed to be. He's dialed in and, and, and you don't, especially at the time, you weren't seeing that a lot with voice acting, especially on a Saturday morning comic book cartoon. Because at this point, by the time this comes out, Batman Begins has come out, but it's still a it like the new world, the new the the new age of respect for comic book stuff has not started yet. Um, yeah. The 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 fire the, the 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 embers have been lit, but it is not the fire is not burning. Um, so for someone of Peter Stormare's caliber to give as much of a shit about this little one-hour Batman thing, the same year that he's doing a Constantine movie, um, speaks speaks wonders to uh, just reasons why I like Peter Stormare so much. That and he's incredible. Or who did he know, or who knew him that was like, hey. It's a day, please. <laughs> and well, and again, he at this point he he's done the Brothers Grimm this year. You know, he's done. I mean, at this point, I mean, in Peter Stormare's career is, I mean he he's like he's like Nick Cage, except he he you know whereas Nick Cage says yes to everything, Peter Stormare says yes to everything, and is just does a better job because um, Peter Stormare is in everything from 1978 until today so you know it's very clear that peter stormare just likes acting and just likes to have fun because i mean he's done bad boys too he's done minority report he's done the lost world jurassic park at this point like he just he just likes making movies man yeah yeah and you know what i want to say kind of pull this out because i always crack uh, i forget she's in this and i'm like hey look look at tara strong actually getting to use her own voice doesn't have to do anything because I think she did Batgirl a couple times and I think she alters it a little But here. She just gets to be a woman being a woman and that must have been a walk in the park for her. <laughs> it's a great chance to be able to just flex your straight acting chops, you know, because like like voice acting is acting and it is it is a whole different kind of acting, though. And so getting to just act without having to do an inflection that without having to do a quote unquote character, you can just do a bold face character and, yeah. and for a character that only exists uh, in this universe, in this movie, 
um, with Vicky Vale, she 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 makes them kind of like Peter Stormare doesn't have a ton to do, but does the most she can with it, and because it's Tara Strong, the 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 queen of voice acting. And then I think everybody else is like dialed in from their show, from the show. Like they, like you said, Penguin's great. Um, you know, everybody else, I, I have no, no notes. The, the guy who does, um, Alice, what is his name? Uh, the guy who's Alfred in the series. Uh, Alistair Duncan. Yes. I think he does. He does that great. Like I said, like the fact that they're, this is a beginning Batman. You have, you don't have Alfred in his sixties or seventies. You have like a, late forties, early fifties, Alfred. And I think he plays it very well, especially when he just shotguns Joker in the face or not Joker, but Dracula. In the face. Well, and this is not, this is not uh, his only time playing uh, Alfred either. He would go on to voice him in the, uh, the Batman unlimited uh, animated stuff. And he also voices him in Batman, the long Halloween animated movies, which we're going to talk about next week. Uh, as we get ready for as we get ready for Halloween and the end of the month. Um, and then, of course, you know, he does he's all but he's also I mean, he's done a ton of voice acting. You know, he goes on to do uh, Vulture in um, Spider-Man. He uh, he's he, he's done stuff with like Mass Effect. Like he's he's been around for a, he's been around a while. He He's done a lot of he's on a lot of nerdy stuff. Um, but I I really like this version of Alfred. I don't I don't talk about it enough. It doesn't come up enough conversation. But I kind of like this this version of Alfred in the show is a very unique take on Alfred, and I really like the approach, and I like how it continues to play a part even in this movie, while a lot of the other supporting characters do kind of take a back seat. Um, yeah, all the voice acting on this is really good. The designs are stellar. The music rules. I I I I don't have a lot to really say negative about the Batman versus Dracula other than just, you know, it's the best thing that this animated team, that this team of this show produced out of everything that this show did in this universe. I do think this is the best thing they produced. I have to agree. And I think this is where for me personally, I know streaming services kind of changes, but the fact that this is one of those weird shows similar to, in my opinion, the 2003 turtle cartoon where like, they came out, they did gangbusters, like both of the, this, the 2003 Teenage Ninja Turtles and this show both ran for five seasons for a Saturday morning cartoon. That is very, very rare. They usually last one or two. So the fact that these things did such a good thing, such a great job, and then they disappear and nobody freaking talks about them. They do. Well, cause especially again, you know, it, it the, the, the Batman has a problem of being sandwiched between two two uh titans because it's after this that we get brave and the bold and people people ate up brave and the bold i was late as shit to it but i it just it's just because of the because kind of like a lot of people with 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 the batman i was just kind of i was kind of out yeah. um it was just kind of the age that i was at and, pl and plus the the brave and the bold was marketed it kind of had the same problem as star wars rebels where it was marketed as a straight kid show so i didn't watch it um but so the bet you're right the batman kind of just come it comes it does its thing longer than i think most shows would have gotten a chance to do and then it just kind of goes away it just kind of quietly goes away and nobody ever talks about it again but i do hear people talk about this movie even when they don't talk about because usually it goes oh remember when they did that oh wasn't that based on a tv show remember that show and then that's kind of where the conversation usually ends um but it's usually because people first thing they think about is this movie because it's it's just it's just a very good animated. If they had done this as one of just the other direct to DVD D DC animated movies like they've done, it's if if you lump it in with all of those, it's a it's a, it's a stellar shot. Oh yeah. No, I, I I I really do wish this this series and this thing got more attention, but I, I think. Hey, maybe we're bringing people's attention to it. Like, hey, if you guys have not watched Batman versus Dracula and you're kind of like Mike where, oh, it's a Saturday morning cartoon. I don't want to watch it. Nah, this is not a Saturday morning cartoon directed DVD show. This is the, yeah. this is pushing that PG-13, in my opinion. 
Yeah. It's not like the the best animated movie I've ever seen. Like if I have to give it a letter grade, I I'd probably give it like a B B minus. Like it's good. It's 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 you you will enjoy it. You will have a good time watching it. It's a it it's it's a little it's a little dated. It's a little silly. Um it it is still very much like you can tell that you you can see the the inklings of Saturday morning cartoon, but you can also see where they swung for the fences and they they weren't afraid to pull the punches where they needed to. It's an honest good solid honest attempt. Um and maybe and if you need, and maybe you're someone who needs something a little more, uh, let's say clean with your Batman. Cause we've had things like the Batman lately stuff. That's been very adult oriented, very geared towards an older audience. If you need something more geared towards kids, look, this show's on max. Yeah. You, your kids can watch this and they'd be fine. Yeah. The, the, there's nothing in the, those straight up series. That's it's total G. And then I'd this movie is I'd say PG. Yeah. It gets, just, a little, yeah. it gets a little, a little edgy here and there. That's there's true. Couple, yeah. There's a couple episodes that get the scare factor going a little bit. Um, but but ultimately, but there's nothing you need to like worry about with this show. It's a Batman show for kids. This truly is a, a family kids uh kids Batman show. If you don't want to watch Bat Wheels, but you think your kids aren't old enough for Batman the animated series, this is the just, perfect in between. If if you're tired of Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go, but want something that's about as digestible, show your kids the Batman. And yeah. then if you find yourself kind of into it, you watch the Batman versus Dracula without your kids. Um, yeah. and, and then everyone's happy <laughs> and everyone's happy. It's a fun movie. The show is the show is fine for what it is. Um, but hopefully you guys will at least enjoy the movie because I, again, this is in my annual spooky season rotation because it's also just a good, fun, uh, campy uh let's let's say vampire movie with batman and and it's it's quick it's not that long it's 84 minutes yeah it, and it clips it it's it's it, there's one thing i can say good about the show it's that it was very well edited and very well paced at all times and i think that carries over into this yeah it's 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 an hour and 20 minutes and it 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 clips i i got nothing else besides go watch it <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what else to say, guys. Uh, go go appreciate this thing for what it is, and 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 let us know what you think of it on Twitter. You can let us know on Twitter at We Are the Batman, or you can find me on Twitter at Mister Mike Shea. You can find me on Twitter at Mister J Ninja. That's gonna do it for this week, guys. We've got another spooky season episode, all about the long Halloween coming at you next week. So make sure you tune into that one, and we will see you guys again next time here on We Are the Batman. Same bad time, same bad podcast channel. Bye bye.